Lazada Beats in Blood podcast, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on all other major platforms. Welcome to the Lazada Beats and Blood podcast. I am your host, Lazada. And in this podcast, we walk into the surreal. We navigate the complex and oftentimes frightening world of the subconscious. We dive into the recesses of the mind in hopes of finding answers to its most maddening mysteries. Why do we dream? This is a question that's intrigued physicians and scientists for many years. A neurology, it's the scientific study of dreams. The term itself comes from the Greek word onero, which means dream. The study of onerology is different from dream interpretation. The aim is to study the process of dreams instead of analyzing the meaning behind them. The field gained momentum when researcher Nathaniel Kleitman and his student Eugene Zritsky discovered regular cycles in human sleep at the University of Chicago Sleep Laboratory in 1953. It was proposed that dreaming occurs mainly during REM sleep, and brain scans found heavy activity in the limbic system and the amygdala during this process. During REM sleep, the brain goes through a process known as synaptic efficacy refreshment. This is observed as brainwave activity and is believed to serve the purpose of consolidating both recent and old memories. In layman's terms, the reason we dream is because of all of this late-night partying the brain does as we sleep. The science of all of this can be a lot to take in, but it doesn't compare to the surreal nature of the dream world. That world we fall into can be vivid, bizarre, and often scary. Things we see there that would normally be familiar to us are now distorted, twisted, and we as the dreamer try our best to make sense out of it. The next segment you'll be hearing comes to us courtesy of Marzella, a listener and friend of the podcast. Marzella offered to share a compelling dream she had a short while ago that she still thinks about today. Let's listen in. My name is Marzella Vaughn, and... So my dream experiences, I can sum up as always, since I was little, I can remember that I didn't know what the word was until now, but astral projecting. I had no idea what it was. I just thought it was fun and I would do it as often as I could, as long as I can, (laughs) for as long as I can. I remember being as young as three and my grandmother lived in a little house in the west side and I can clearly remember seeing the roof and how it had all the little rocks and 
the street lights and the street lights of my school because it was down the street and the clouds and how quiet before all the growth in this side of town. Um, just hearing the nighttime, the crickets. And I just remember doing that. So I had no idea what it was. Cut now, I'm 43, 42, 43, and some events recently had happened to where I'll just put it in a way that's not too creepy, but like I had to find my center, I guess, something that I felt that I had control of. And with that, feeling that I had when I would be in that dream state but I can control the dream almost and I can see everything um we would run in well we me me and my family ran into an incident where there was some feeling in our house that was not normal um negative energy call it what you will but there was some negativity in our home and I needed to find a way that I felt that I can protect myself and my family. And that same feeling I had in those dreams, it almost felt like I was daydreaming. And I would use that same feeling of almost flying, looking down and I can control basically the energy in my home. I can look for whatever bad energy was in or where it was hiding. And essentially I would find it because I could see it. I could see everything. And I would hone in on it. And I would manifest <laughs> and I would have my mantra and I would call on my ancestors and I would ask for protection and it would work and that incident happened mm, six months ago maybe something like that mm -hmm. so with that in mind it's even gone to the point where I've had a friend ask me to do that she's had instances where there was something negative in her home so on that same day I did that in my home I could I was on the phone with her and she lives completely opposite like 20 minutes away and I could see her I can see her and I asked her I asked her if she was in her living room on her green futon, <laughs> Indian style. And she said that she was, and it was really freaky. But at that moment, you know, again, I did the same mantra and it worked. Regardless of their purpose or meaning, the dreams we have are a fascinating an enigmatic aspect of our human experience. The idea of dreams being a shared human phenomenon with deeper meaning 
gives me hope for an eventual evolution that'll take our species to a higher level of awareness and enlightenment. For the time being, they provide us with insight, inspiration, entertainment, and will continue to be the subject of scientific study and philosophical debate. My co-host Zelda shared some of her thoughts about the dreams that she's had and her interpretation of their possible meaning. Let's listen in. As far back that I can remember, I've had these dreams about deep, deep, dark, calm water. Water that stretches far beyond what you can see, and you have no idea what's in the water. Sometimes it's calm, and it leaves you awestruck. Sometimes it's mysterious and dangerous and scary, like you're not sure what's lurking in the deep water. When I was a little kid, my dad took me and my sister to Barton Springs in Austin. It's a natural spring uh, pool. And um, because it's natural, there are parts of the pool that have forests of plant life. My dad and my sister, they love to swim and they're, they're practically fish. So typically, um, there everyone's swimming in parts of the pool where plant life is minimal. There's just a lot of smooth rocks and it's more like a, like a swimming pool. My dad was very adventurous, so we went to a, a very deep part of the um, spring where, where there weren't people. And so, um, of course, that section was full of plant life. And there was a sidewalk where you can just jump right into the water um, in the spring. So um, my dad and my sister, they jump in and they just start swimming. And I jump in a little later than them. I think I was fussing with my, my water shoes. And when I jump in, I start swimming um, fast to try to keep up with them. The water is very cold, um, but it's very peaceful and it's beautiful there. It's, it's a hot and gorgeous, bright day. And so it's, it's very nice there at that, um, at that spring. So I, I'm swimming and I'm trying to catch up uh, with them. And um, all of a sudden, when I'm swimming, I feel something thick uh, brush up against me. And um, the water is very deep, so you can't really put your feet um, down on the ground. So I'm just swimming, and I start to feel a lot of thick um, brush up against me under the water. And the water is deep where you can't touch the bottom, so... Um, here I am swimming and I just, I feel a lot of, um, something just all around me and the water is so clear. Um, so I dip my head under the water to look and I just see this never ending water, uh, plant forest and I just panic. I, I have these instant terrifying feelings all at once. Um, I start to think that something's going to pull me under, that a creature is going to come out and get me, or that um, I'm going to get stuck in these plants, or something's going to come and bite me. 
So I, I start panicking and I yell out for my dad and he can tell I'm panicking. So he comes and he swims back to me um, to calm me down. And he asked me what was wrong and I just, I couldn't describe that terrifying feeling um, about being in this deep water and having something around me that I'm not sure what, what it is. My most recent deep water dream that I can uh, remember is that um, I'm standing on, on cement and there's this still ocean all around me, very deep ocean. And I look down into the, the calm water. It's just very still. And I can see this huge Ferris wheel just submerged into the water. I can see all of the details of the cages where you sit fading deep into the water. And I look up and I can see miles above me of the same Ferris wheel that was just half in the water and half out of the water, just submerged in this um, deep ocean. I'm not really sure what it was supposed to mean. Um, I just remember how impactful that visual was to see the Ferris wheel in this um, deep ocean. From all the times that I've had um, dreamt of deep water, I feel like maybe it means something. Like maybe it's reoccurring because maybe this is how I go when the time comes. Um, I'm not really sure why it's a, a theme that happens um, when I dream. Um, but it just, it makes me wonder, um, about why it keeps happening. Um, maybe it is connected to what, um, happened to me when I was younger and that's why that, um, keeps coming up. The mind is arguably amazed that scientists and many other professionals are still trying to map a dream can perhaps be a beacon within that maze that is meant to help us discover a way out of a dead end in our day-to-day. -day. Perhaps a reoccurring dream is an attempt to warn us of something bigger that may be further off in the horizon, years or decades away, that we may one day need a solution for. Maybe when the dreams seem vague or mysterious, we are not yet at a stage in our lives when we can fully understand or link a connection to something that we are currently experiencing. But what about the dreams that are so specific, so deliberate in their meaning and violent in their delivery? I'm speaking, of course, about nightmares. Nightmares are a type of dream that can be vivid, disturbing, and often frightening. These typically occur during that rapid eye movement stage of our sleep and can be so intense that they bring us right out of that stage of our sleep due to the stress that they cause on our rest. Nightmares can be caused by a wide variety of factors, including late night consumption of food or drink, anxiety, trauma, medications, work stress, and even something as simple as watching a scary movie right before bed. 
It can disrupt our normal sleep schedule if we're too disturbed to go back to bed. Some are driven to take steps to purify or cleanse their bedroom with either sage, incense, or holy water if they feel so inclined or comforted by doing so. During a nightmare, we are forced into watching and experiencing something devastating or extremely disturbing, and we are helpless to escape. If dreams themselves are surreal, nightmares may take those surreal images and raise the intensity to a point of being unbearable. What's worse is nightmares may bring in manifestations of our loved ones into this arena, making that experience even more frightening. The nightmares we have can cause us to wake up feeling scared, anxious, and emotionally disturbed. They can even lead to insomnia and can affect a person's mood and overall mental health. I'd like to share with you now a nightmare that I experienced when I was fairly young. This happened possibly 20 or 25 years ago. I'm 36 now, so this occurred when I was very young. And in this specific sequence, I was in an open field with hills and with a valley. A valley that led to a highway road. So if you've seen the movie Pet Cemetery, then you'll know what I'm speaking about. There is an open highway with trucks that are passing by very quickly. So in this specific sequence, um, an older brother that I have is sitting in a wheelchair and he's unable to to move about i remember seeing that he starts to suddenly roll down the hill and into the valley and he is heading towards the busy highway of speeding trucks and i am running after him trying to grab the handlebar to try to stop him from falling into that road i'm unable to make it and so he rolls into open traffic on that road down the hill and I see him trapped in the wheelchair and he just goes directly underneath the semi truck as it speeds by and his entire body from his waist all the way up to his chest and his neck and his face uh, it is skinned off That scene and the specificity of it, that's, it's been burned in my head, in my memories. It was just a frightening experience and traumatic for me to be able to, for me to, for me failing to be able to stop him and to save him before he was violently killed. And I remember when I had that dream as a, as a young kid, that it's, it, it brought me out of my sleep and I was just frankly, I was just devastated, and I, I must have explained it to him at a certain point. I know I did, but there was nothing more to it. I was just, it was just a terrible nightmare that I had, and I, I couldn't find a link to anything significant, uh, to anything bigger. And I know I must have had other nightmares in between now and then, but that's the one that, with that specific sequence, that really scarred me. The next two stories come to us courtesy of listeners and friends of the podcast, Roger Garcia and Leo Vaughn. Let's listen in. Hello, I'm Roger Garcia and I'm 18, almost 19 years old. Uh, my story, I, I must have been 17 years old, just turned 17, just got my license. 
And I was driving home real late from my girlfriend's house. And I was driving through the boonies, back roads, no street lights, potholes, about big as a cast iron, in an old rickety 93 Jeep. Um, at, it was over spring break, so, you know, stay up late, play video games, eat junk food. So I must have been running on four hours of sleep for the past 48 hours. And I, I fell asleep behind the wheel. And I dreamt that three impossibly large wolves were chasing my car with red eyes, black fur. Um, and I dreamt that there was a full moon, even though there was no full moon that night. And when I woke up, I was still driving down the road. And lucky enough, it was just a straight road. No turns, no bends. Um, but I didn't know it was a dream. I thought it was real. So I slammed the gas and pushed my straight six to its max potential <laughs> on a road not even big enough to, for a pickup truck. And I remember running red lights, running stop signs, no brakes, no all gas. And when I finally made it home, I'm, I'm pretty sure I didn't even lock the door. I ran inside and I just sat on my floor with all the lights on until the sun came up and I passed out on the floor because I thought I was being chased. I thought they were gonna get me. One, I remember one of them being huge, probably about the size of a bear and the other two being size of Great Danes. Um, they were on all fours chasing me and when I was driving down the road, I would imagine them, I would turn around and I knew for a fact that they were closing their eyes and running after me so their eyes wouldn't glint in the light. And when I turned to face the road, they would open their eyes again. I have a history of delusions and hallucinations, so this might have been a one of the first ones that I've ever experienced, but I really don't know. And that moment has stuck with me probably for the rest of my life because the first time I experienced that amount of fear and something I couldn't control and something I couldn't see, but I felt in my heart that it was behind me and it was real. Name is Nalum Phone. Go by Leo. Age 43. And this story is back when I was a kid. My family moved into this uh, apartment building. We lived on the lower level, which was below ground level. And it was pretty dark. Uh, there was maybe like a few windows in the, the whole apartment. So it felt a little cramped. But uh, when I was seven, my family uh, had my grandfather, who was fresh from Cambodia, only spake, spoke Khmer, and was on the early age of dementia before his Alzheimer's kicked in. And I remember just as a kid, we had to share the same bedroom because we only lived in a two-bedroom apartment. So it was me, my brother, 
and my grandpa in one room and then my mom and my sisters in the other room. So going to sleep was a little bit uh, crazy, I guess. Um, I remember one time I was in bed about to fall asleep in between that unconscious and conscious state and my grandpa used to kind of shuffle around the room. Well, one night I saw him shuffling back and forth and a few times I would look up and I would see just his silhouette, but I could clearly see his face, which had a very eerie kind of skull looking features. And I didn't freak out. I just kind of thought maybe I was dreaming. So I let it go. Fast forward 10 years, 17 in high school, and I was just uh, waiting out at the park bench, waiting for my mom to come pick me up from track practice. And two hours go by when she was supposed to pick me up. She calls me and she said that my grandpa passed away. And I remember clearly the night before that day, I had a dream, the exact same scene when I was seven years old. I saw my grandpa shuffling back and forth and seeing his face as a skeleton. And then the day before he died, I had that dream. The dream world is one filled with infinite possibilities, where you, the dreamer, can discover answers to questions you may have never known you were asking for. Or it might just open up new questions, the answers to which may not be yet within your grasp. What we see in our dreams may be overwhelming, but we must remember that the experiences we have must have a deeper meaning, and we are ultimately in control of the life from which they are inspired. I'd like to thank Marzella, Leo, Roger, and especially my co-host Zelda for sharing those amazing dream experiences. To have your story featured on the Blazada Beats and Blood podcast, you can email blazadaproductions at gmail.com or send us a message on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. The link tree will be posted on the show page. The soundtrack and music featured in today's podcast was written, composed, and produced by Blazada. The song you're hearing now is called Tenacity and is streaming now on YouTube, Apple Music, and Spotify. All episodes of the Blazada Beats and Blood podcast are available to stream on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and iHeartRadio. This has been the Blazada Beats and Blood podcast. And as always, thanks.